Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Yunji Han, who is a reporter at Insider's Voice, a Voices of Color Vertical, a Vertical, excuse me, where she covers race and identity. She also has an extensive background in doing this kind of work, controversial dynamic connected to her with the Unification Church. I'm sure we're gonna get into that as well. Good day, welcome. Hi, Dr. G, it's really great to be here. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. Uh, for those who may not know the kind of work you do, give us your why. What kind of work you do and why? Sure, so I report on race and identity over here at Insider, and that really covers the range from religious movements, as you mentioned, about the Unification Church, which is this religious movement that a lot of people regard as a cult that originated in Korea, to entertainment, to politics. And yeah, I mean, we just find that there are no shortage of stories when it comes to race, especially in America. And so, we just keep the hamster wheel running here. Let me ask you about the dynamics involved in the storytelling. Because naturally, race, racism, bigotry, sexism, all of these things have a level of interplay. Typically, where you find extreme bigotry, you also find a lot of sexism, right? You find these dynamics. What is it you have seen in the reporting of these stories that has changed or is it that nothing has really changed, it's simply being reported more? Which one is it? That's a really interesting question. And so, I mean, exactly as you'd mentioned, the intersectionality of it all is just striking um, the ways in which different aspects of our identities, whether it's race, gender, um, socioeconomic background, that can all come tied in together um, and create issues and a lot of these are compounded by systemic issues at hand. Um, I think these systemic issues just based off my reporting have stemmed years and decades, if not centuries. Um, and they just take new form um, as society develops. But I would say probably if I had to choose you know, one way or another, um, it does seem like the same issues are reoccurring, uh, just maybe in slightly different forms. Mm. Can you unpack that for me when you say slightly different forms? What does that mean? Sure. So, I mean, if you think about, let's say, um, issues about the uh, LGBTQ community, um, that that has stemmed um, all the way back even to the Civil War, where uh, drag shows, for example, um, took place um, as a way to hide from the bigotry um, and the discrimination that they face. And it was it became the safe space. Um, and you fast forward that to uh, you know, several hundred years later, and, and now you see the same forms of discrimination taking place um, with regard, let's say, to the anti-drag legislation that's happening um, at some States um, like Tennessee, for example, and you know it's these same issues about um, you know certain attitudes toward sexual identity um, orientation um, that are just perpetuated and just have evolved. Um, so just kind of transplanting one issue 
um, to, from the past to the present. Let's talk about the dynamics of international racism. Um, sometimes people think, well, America is the worst. And hell, it may be. But I do know it happens all across the planet. So let's talk about some of this uh, intersectionality as it relates um, to racism internationally, how it connects back with uh, continents like China, even countries like, I mean, uh, continents like Africa or countries like China. Right, so um, I grew up overseas actually. And so I have firsthand uh, seen the ways in which this manifests, um, you know, uh, coming to America um, and also seeing, for example, just during the pandemic and the anti-China rhetoric that um, we've seen just develop and, um, you know, with certain spokespeople like the former president, um, it, it's, it, can, it can really blow up. Um, and it filters from the highest levels all the way down to the way that society talks um, and discusses these sorts of issues, even when they're separate and actually devoid from race in the first place. And so, you know, racism can really take hold um, even on issues that shouldn't be politicized, like a global health pandemic. Um, so it's really just interesting to kind of see how these sorts of events um, can really be tied to um, issues of racism. Um, and that's kind of why there's really no shortage of stories to tell yeah. over here. You know, I tell my college students, um, people die because of racism. And I'm not talking about the overt aggressive uh, type of violence, which is, exists and is easily identifiable typically. But when you make policies based on bias, people can die because of those policies. People can have a decreased quality of life because of those policies. They can have a lack of access to healthcare because of those policies that have been created due to a, an innate bias inside of the individual. What have you seen as it relates to adverse policy and the connection it may have to racism? I mean, this goes back to the whole issue of you know systemic um, discrimination. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen a lot of data that have that has come out over the past years about um, how there are differences, let's say, in the way that people have take student loans, for example, and and that can have an adverse um, you know trickle down effect on their well emotional well being, um, their health. Uh, their economic stability. And so the types of policies that the government um, enacts uh, can really have uh, long reaching uh, and maybe indirect impact um, on certain marginalized communities. And it's, it's really ironic and also quite sad that um, you know, these issues start off um, in one thing, but then they become another and it's just this domino effect. Um, and the fact that it impacts disproportionately impacts originally already marginalized communities. Yeah. Um, it just kind of sets them further back on the path. Um, and so, like you said, yeah, it's just incredibly important to make sure that we have the right policies in place um, and ensure that these systemic biases aren't embedded in the policies um, and the way that they're enforced and, and um, perpetuated. Let me ask you this because obviously you are in position of being a truth teller. Now some journalists believe that their job is to simply report a story. 
Uh, there are others who believe their job is to not only report a story, but to make it very clear what the elements are as they are. For example, you report a story about racism in a particular community. Well, clearly, we're not just talking about giving the facts. We're talking about giving the facts and providing the context required for why this story is important and how we move the needle. Another contextualization I use is that there are some people who are thermometers, and there are others who are thermostats. A thermometer simply takes the temperature, the thermostat can change it. We do need both because you need a thermometer to know what the temperature is. You need a thermostat to change it when it's too high or too low. So how do you see yourself in the journalistic arena? And that's the big question that I'm sure a ton of journalists ask themselves. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think the past several years especially has shown that you know, there, there isn't really maybe a, quite a thing as true journalistic objectivity because it's the way that um, you know we frame certain right. stories. It's the way that we respond to certain events. And as you said, the context, the context is you know, never, the context itself is based on facts. And the facts, um, you know, they're, they're there to support why we think the story is important to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is the significance of it? Why is it newsworthy? And so in that sense, it is objective because it is grounded in the truth. It's just simply that we are providing that additional information um, to show why one story maybe um, it becomes this national story that is told for days as opposed to one um, that is maybe told one day but is gone the next. Um, and so it is definitely a, a interesting question that um, I think mm-hmm. maybe that journalism is still grappling with. Yeah. Um, but it's it's important the context, um, and and you can't escape that. That's right. Uh, you answer that very well, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, l- let's go to a dynamic in your storytelling that's routine, which is the racial element. Have you found that in telling these stories, there's a natural pushback, regardless of the accuracy of the reporting, because your reporting is extremely accurate. They don't care about the accuracy. They just care about the fact that you're reporting on racism and they don't like it. Have you found any of that in your reporting? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think issues of race, they're really sensitive. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when we're reporting, we're especially sensitive to that as well, um, knowing that it's a potentially very controversial issue. And um, you know, it's it's we're not trying to blame. Um, any one race, for example, for something that has happened, but rather we're just trying to uplift the voices um, of communities that historically and traditionally haven't had their voices and stories told. Um, and in a lot of ways, just by unearthing and, and shedding light on these sorts of issues and the communities that have been marginalized, um, it's it's just part of it. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, that is something that I've had to learn over the years. Um, but um, it. It's tough, um, but it needs to be done. You know, I encourage you to continue being the truth teller that you are. It does baffle me that individuals who will say that, you know, racism doesn't exist, we need to get away from talking about race, um, are the same people who love the founders of this country, right? They were racist and sexist. Uh, they said only white men that own property could participate in democracy, women were not allowed to vote. And if you were not a white male, period, uh, you could not take part in this United States of America. Uh, those are all 
racist concepts. Everybody agrees, those are racist concepts. So in, in the DNA of this country, we have that DNA structure of racism. We have to fight against the nature or the design of this nation in order to make it the democracy it has the capacity to be. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Sure, um, they can find me. Um, my author bio is um, just Google Yunji Han at Insider. Um, I can be found at Twitter at Yunji Han or Yunji underscore Han. Um, but yeah, Insider Wizards of Colors is where all the good stuff is. So come check us good out. Stuff. Thank you for being the leader that you are. We appreciate your time. Thank all you right. so much. Take care.